Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Seigman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. Yeah, we host a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, we got a little special episode let for you. Yeah. Uh, we are going to um, ask each other our favorite uh, ghost questions. Um, I'm going to entree vous. I'm going to interview Miss Noelle here. Uh-huh. Um, and just spitball three questions at her. Um, Noelle, are you ready? Well, should we talk about what we're drinking? Oh, yeah. I'm drinking Coors Light, everybody, because it's all I do. <laughs> I have an IV of Coors Light pulled up to me in the bunker, and that's it, period. <laughs> Tastes like yellow snow through my veins. Mm, delicious. I'm, yeah, why are we, this is a formality at this point. Because <laughs> uh, I am drinking a Boda Box, Cabernet, Boda Box, it's wine in a box. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell the people the story though, so they can. You got to know. Here, here's the thing about. There might um, be a new person listening. Yeah, they might. Listen, not advertising and marketing works this way. Right. Jay and Noel are so cool that we are going to drink what they drink when they talk about ghosts. So, uh, get thee to a course. Drank up. Also, I didn't know that entree vous. It doesn't. Okay. <laughs> no, I just said something very weird. I was like, that. I've been saying it wrong. No interview. Uh, so is entree vous even a word? Or is that no, a word that well, we just say? I just Frenchified interview in a really dumb way. Okay. Entree would be entrance and vous. So it would be like entrance you. Right. Après vous, s'il vous plaît, would be like after you. Please. Okay. But no, I just was being dumb. I say entrée vous like for real. Like I say it to people, I'll be like entrée vous, like enter my home. Oh. It's amazing. Yeah, that's it. No, no. Is that real? Yeah. You'd be like, come uh, Oh, okay. Entrée vous. I didn't know. I thought that... I, I clearly picked it up from somebody. Okay. I was so confused. <laughs> All right. Please. All right. I'm so, so nervous. Right? Get you don't nervous. know what the questions are. Shaky, shaky in your little bootsies. Sandals. Sandals. That's what they are. <laughs> they are sandals. Flip flaps. Um, Noelle, what do you think makes a good ghost story? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, well, uh, suspense is always very important. I like a lot of... so. As you and I know, real ghost stories, nothing happens. <laughs> They're so boring. <laughs> so They're so boring. Uh, What's your favorite from real ghost stories? Because from, they're very repetitive. So. From real ghost? I mean... Mine's, of course, Get Out. Not the, uh, not the movie. But the, the Amityville. The phrasing, every single ghost story you've ever done has somebody be picking up an EVP that goes, Get out! <laughs> every fucking time. And everyone, when they tell it to us, they actually open their mouth like, we're going to reply, like, that's the most interesting thing in the world. Like, yeah. That's pretty much go say, uh, get out or uh, avenge my murder. <laughs> avenge me. <laughs> also, Nikki's a bitch. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite I, ghost My favorite ghost show? is, oh, my favorite ghost cliche is definitely tapping. Yes, yeah, a good tapper. A good tapper, because I love so the Bell Witch is probably my favorite ghost story. Yeah, she'd be tapping. She did so much tapping, rat a tat tat. Because what I love about tapping is um, it's so specific and it has no answers. It has no answers. It never works. It uh, <laughs> like it's so obvious too. Like because. I'm doing this right now, and you don't know where this is coming from. Except I do, because it's my fucking fingers. Yeah. And people have been duped by tapping for so, so long. long. The Fox sisters yeah. were master tappers. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Savion Glover, they were so good at tapping. <laughs> they were 
like the tappiest of tappers. Yeah, and people, were. like, like they were so dexterous. It's really yeah. impressive. And people... They were the double-jointed in the Kraken nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like, really impressive stuff. So, I, yeah, I would have to say uh, tapping. But for me, what makes a good ghost story is definitely the suspense and the build-up. Yeah. So, like, that's, what, that's what's so amazing and wonderful about Amityville, even though we know the truth, sadly. Uh, but there's so much and like in it, you know, if you read the Amityville book versus like the movie, it builds so fast. Yeah. It happens so quickly. It's over the course of a week. It's like over Christmas, <clears throat> uh, the week of Christmas yeah. and New Year's. They're in and out. They're in and out. And, you know, a real ghost story, it would be like 14 years for all of those things to happen and it would happen like and so it would take so long in between that you would forget mm-hmm. that like oh i saw a pig face in the window with red eyes that sure. one time um so i i think that like stuff like all the that's what's so much fun about the warrens stuff is that like they're also sensationalized. They're just bang for yeah. your buck. They're just, you know, you all know that I'm like I'm such a huge uh, movie person. So I love a story, and I love when a when there is a story involved. So that's what is exciting for me. Amazing. I love a tale. You do. You love a tale. Yeah, I love that. Um, Noel, my next question for you is: Why do you think people become ghosts? Um, I don't know. That's a, oh, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> oh man. I think, I mean, I, I like the idea of unfinished business, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to quote our old friend, Amy Allen. Yeah. Uh, I actually like her theory the most when people die, like, the American Airlines flight that we've talked about mm-hmm. before, their death is so fast and so tragic that they don't know they're dead. Mm-hmm. And, or like, it's so painful, like it's so unexpected that they're kind of stuck in that state, which is really sad to me, but that's like yeah. the most believable to me that. Yeah. I, I, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Cause I, I think a lot of you guys know that I'm fairly skeptical, but I, but I'm here for the stories. Yeah. The one one of the times I was completely moved, I was in New Orleans and I was talking to, um, uh, I, I don't know what to call her, uh, but she, she basically was my ghost tour guide. And I really do believe that she had some, uh, some second nature to her or yeah. something. And uh, when she told me this thing, she, she basically was like, we have so many ghosts right now walking the streets in New Orleans. And I pried a little bit more because I wasn't sure what she meant. And she said that the heroin people, uh, are, like, scare her to death because they don't know they're dead. Oh, so, wow. So, okay. like, there's a tonic because they've had this massive drug influx. Yeah. Yeah, That wow. they're, like, dead people that don't know they're dead. And yeah. most of them are heroin addicts. They think they're just on a high or they're just on a Ugh. thing. And, and um, to me, that's that moment uh true or not it's that moment where that curtain that very thin curtain i believe exists between the living and the dead is pulled yeah and people aren't sure what's what or right. who's who and that's me i just think it's so yeah i think you know i, I don't subscribe into the whole go into the light 
thing or like I'm staying, you know, I, I like the idea of unfinished business. I don't believe it. Um, I, I don't think that uh, somebody's that bitter that they're going to hold on to it that much. Um, but it's a fun concept. But I think, yeah, like kind of almost like the being shocked out of your body mm-hmm. kind of thing is really an interesting concept. Um, this is kind of unrelated to this, but it just popped in my head. Uh, our friend Mandy gave me um, a, one of Stephen King's most recent books, which is a collection of short stories that he wrote called um, "When It Ble- If It Bleeds. I think that's what it is. Uh, the first story in the book is so good. And it's, um, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm going to spoil this. So spoiler alert. So if you're a Stephen King fan and you haven't read it, don't listen to this. <laughs> um, so this boy strikes up a relationship with this older man and he goes to work for him in the small North New England town like they all are. And um, the man dies and it, it has to do with technology. The boy had given him an iPhone when the iPhones were still new and the man was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And then he ended up being into it. And then he was like, Nope, take it away. And the boy ended up like, then he ended up giving it back. It was this whole back and forth thing. So when he died, the boy put the phone in his pocket, Mm. um, in his casket. And then he would like just call to listen to his voicemail. Oh, wow. Occasionally. And the phone would still ring. And then like people who had harmed this kid would end up dead. So it was like this supernatural thing where like the phone was like bringing this back to this guy back to life. Yeah. So um, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Can I just jump in here? This is this is actually your answer specifically is kind of why I'm here for ghosts, because I think ghosts say more about people than people say about ghosts. Yeah. And one of the things that, like, if you're looking at it and study it, the incorporation of technology every step of the way, Mm -hmm. uh, because you can look at ghost stories from the, let's say, 1900s. They're not really talking about, like, records or tape players the way they are in the 1980s talking about the satanic panic. And yet they're both talking about Satan. Yeah. And so what what to me is constantly interesting, uh, again, um, the... uh, hitchhikers the lady in white yeah they've been there for centuries right it's only resurrection mary that gets a car yeah and the other ones are you know uh on the sides of highways they don't so we have this interesting thing that we do because ghost stories are so contemporaneous they're so real time if someone's telling you a ghost story it's usually like right like (laughs) i saw this thing and i was listening to uh, Lizzo, right? In the moment you mentioned Lizzo. Love her. I love her too, but like, you have to be in a certain time frame. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, again, this is how this is why I'm so interested in urban legends. What we see is the same pattern of stories, the same fears, the same wistfulness, the same alienation, the same sort of teenage uh-huh. deal, uh, just with different details. Yes, I mean, I think it, what we've learned from doing this mm-hmm. and from like, you know, from listening to the show is that history continues to repeat these stories yes. repeat over and over again. The man with the hook. It, yeah. Like, until it has had so many information. Watch. I don't know. From the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Cause someone will do it like a, um, uh, a woman in a mirror tearing someone's face off. Like in America, we know that as bloody Mary. Right. In other nations, they know it as something else. Uh, a, uh, there's so many different versions yes. of the boogeyman. There's, you know, um, 
yeah, every everybody has like their incarnation of these ghost stories or these hauntings, but they're all very similar. Oh. And it is basically so it, it basically is more about like our fears. Mm-hmm. It's based on what we're afraid of. And, you know, that's why the boogeyman, like, is such a prime example. Yep. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but, like, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, my grandma used to say to me all the time, if you don't stay in bed, the boogeyman will get you. Yeah, we did. And that was a legitimate fear was that this ghost person yeah. was going to come. That's probably why I can't sleep without yeah. the late, my, with, with, uh, oh, the blanket covering me. Cause I'm still probably like somewhere in there. Oh yeah. No, I was terrified and assured that demons and monsters would visit me in the night if I didn't. Yeah. Stay up. in bed. Um, Obviously the way that people nowadays, the way that, uh, adults like us diss on elf on a shelf. I mean, our parents did that to us. It I was just, just going to fucking bring that up. Yeah. That's amazing. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It was just the same thing. Like, uh, so many ghouls and goblins, according to, <laughs> I don't want to throw them under the bus, but according to my dad, were going to come for me if I didn't start to yeah. behave. And I mean, there was something about it that I really, I believed. And because my imagination was far too, far too wild. I was about to say good, but I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the case. I mean, you tell it to a kid who doesn't have an imagination, they don't care. Meanwhile, underneath my bed, filled with ghosts and goblins, my yeah. closet filled with ghosts and goblins, my dolls uh, coming to life, you know, just because of my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tricky thing to tell a little kid. It's well, and it, and, and it's an interesting point because it, kids have such big imaginations and it doesn't matter the child, like they have an active imagination and like some of that stuff really sticks and sticks with you as an adult and you try to act cool, but we all have those moments where you're alone in your home and it's dark and you hear a creak or the power go, you know, something happens, something flickers and you freak out. Like you have that internal panic where Mm -hmm. you're like, what is this? Um, I dare you to challenge me on this because there are very few people who I think could actually be like, that's fun. That's nothing. Yeah. Actually I was going to challenge our audience here. Noelle, uh, really look at yourself this week. Um, and look at some of the rituals that you do or some of the weird beliefs that you have. Yep. For instance, I'll out Noelle on this. I think I have before. <laughs> Noelle freaks out when, like, her foot is out of a blanket. Now, <laughs> the reason I make fun of this is because we talked about this so when much. I'm sleeping, when I'm when sleeping. When she's sleeping. Yeah. If ghosts were real, and if we really were to be as afraid as we were supposed to be, what is your comforter doing protecting <laughs> you? <laughs> Why put it over your head and why does it matter if your foot's out? I have like a legitimate, like I have sure. a, a general fear no, of, but here's the thing. We expose, all of exposed skin <laughs> yes. in general. Like whenever I hear like stories about people running in the nude or, you know, streaking, I'm so scared for them because I'm like, you can be hurt more yeah. when you're naked. Yeah. Then like, because my thin clothes are going to protect me so much. Sure. But in my mind, like nudity is like, just absolute fear to me. Like that's such wow. a vulnerable statement for me to say, but like, meanwhile, I'm nude guys. Hi. <laughs> I know. You know what? This is how we do it. It's and crazy. It's but also, but it's, that's so interesting. That's why we challenge you because for me, that is not a fear at all. Yeah. That said, because I think our traumas just influence who we are or like mm-hmm. what, what we grew up with. Uh, I am deeply upset and afraid of mess or gross. Yeah. And so like in in like the way that you would be like foot out of the bed is 
crazy in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. I mean, if someone was like, um, you know, get into this dumpster or, right. or here's rancid food, I would fucking, I would just lose it. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no way for me to keep it together. No. And I've witnessed that firsthand. Yeah, like yeah. it's just so gross. You have a, yeah. And bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've gotten better with bugs. Yeah, a little bit. I recently had a bug incident, which we do not have time for. We don't have time for that. (laughs) We'll talk about it at some point. But to go back to your question, what I truly believe about ghosts or where ghosts come from is that most likely it's resonant energy, meaning like it's it's leftover from something that had a strong impact or had such just uh, such an emotional uh, moment that it just kind of left an imprint. Um, I think because you see, we hear these stories yep. of like, you see the worker like at the, um, what's the house in San, San Jose that I can't think of. The Winchester. Winchester house. Thank you. I was like, guns. Um, <laughs> uh, you, like it, a lot of the stories from the Winchester house are the same things over and over yep. again. It's like a loop. And like, you hear the story of like one of the workers, like yeah. moving stuff in the basement and so I'm a huge believer in resonant energy though. Yeah. I think I really, I, and this sounds, this sounds crazy for me. Cause I think a lot of people think I'm extremely skeptical. I think not only is the answer resonant energy, I think it's always there. And I think people can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel it. Like you'll see, see it, feel yeah. it in, in a, in a, uh, much more distinct way. Yes. Um, and I, I fully believe that. I, I have been around people who every like yeah. all these like haunted houses that like are have now become attractions like um Lizzie Borden's house like I just think you feel like yeah. Lizzie Borden's house uh not the house where she killed people but the house she moved into after Maple whatever is yep. up for sale for eight hundred fifty thousand dollars I know I told her all to buy it <laughs> I'm on it uh the wallpaper in that place you can see it on Redfin um but people tell those stories too. Like in all of these like ghost houses, it's the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. It's like watching a film. I actually trip. get very sus- suspicious. Mostly because life is patterned. Yeah. Like not, not that much goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, only people whose lives are in chaos vary so much day to day. Right. So, right. you know, just look at yourself and honor the fact that you have a pattern. Um, I miss chaos. <laughs> it's just a story. Uh, the stories that I mostly have trouble with are the, are the ones that are so interactive, so interactive, like, right. Like this thing told me to do this, this thing did this to me. Then we did this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's so, uh, I don't know the word for it, but it's so heightened that it just seems illogical. You, one, one begins to wonder, uh, I'd like to think anything is possible, but then it's like, it's almost like the walls close on itself. Cause you're like, what? Right, right. And there's no rules of it, and it just seems so... Well, and you have to wonder after a point, too, when, like, the ghost is commanding you to do things. Um, (laughs) Why aren't you like, wait a minute, you're dead. You might put your foot under the comforter and get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got one last question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Noelle, if you became a ghost, how would you try to communicate with the living? Um, probably through tapping. (laughs) (laughs) 
And scene. I think that's it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, uh, catching us on this little episode let of High Spirits, where we just ask each other three questions. Um, MJ Segman with me, as always, is... Noel Schmidt. Yeah, we host a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol, uh, and we talk about ghosts. So check us out. I'm drinking Coors Light, and my very best friend in the entire world is drinking... Butterbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us, and Noel has one last terrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.